Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hello all, you're listening to Croonier on 3CR 855 AM. I'm Frank and I'll be your host for today's show and also happy Trans Day of Visibility. So this is just a message telling you to know that you are valid and you exist no matter how you present yourself in the world. So before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Sovereignty was never ceded. So today we'll be interviewing two individuals who are instrumental in doing behind-the-scenes work uh, in helping queer people find their identity in a safe environment. These two individuals are Ruby Susan, who runs the Melbourne Bisexual Network and is also a host on Joy FM's Triple Bypass, as well as Remy Hooper, who runs the Latrobe University Student Union, who is uh, with me in the studio right now. How's it going, Remy? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Cool. All right. So you'll be hearing from them after some funky tunes. So don't go away. Okay. So our first guest does a lot of work, good work for the Melbourne Bisexual Network. And if you are a member of the bi community of Melbourne group on Facebook, you might be familiar with this person already. So uh, please welcome Ruby Susan to Crew in the Air. Ruby, how's it going? Great, thanks, Frank. How are you? Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for for being on. Uh, thank you for being on the air. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Cool. All so right. Nice to be interviewed. It's a bit of a swap for me. <laughs> mm, awesome. Cool. Um, so, Ruby, uh, tell us a bit about yourself and the sort of things that you do. Uh, cool. So, um, I'm 28. I'm a non-binary uh, bisexual who is identifies as neurodiverse specifically I'm autistic and I have ADHD. And, yeah, I'm the president of the Melbourne Bisexual Network and I, I'm one of the administrators for the Bypass Community Melbourne Facebook group. And I'm the co-host and producer for Triple Bypass, the bisexual show on Joy Radio. Awesome. It's okay for me to mention the other community station. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, <laughs> we're all one big community radio in a sense. Yeah, sort of makes sense. Um, (laughs) It's uh, actually interesting. I was going to ask you that, um, ask you about that. Yeah, about the the work that you do on Triple Bypass. Um, Can you tell us a bit about that and what kind of guests that you interview? Yeah, sure. Um, So we've been doing that show for about two and a half years now. And we're basically set up as Joy was really aware that they needed to be a bit more representation on their station. So we're the first uh, Bypass show that they've had. And I think what I see that the show up being about is definitely just highlighting different voices from the bypass community, so multi-gender attracted people in general. And we cover and interview people who from all sorts of backgrounds, so performers, uh, researchers, academics, um, social workers, and about a whole lot of different topics. And but I suppose the main current underneath that is is how their queerness and their uh, multi-gender attraction has had an influence in their work or in their lives. But honestly, I think... It's about providing representation for the many different ways that bi-plus people can be and do, as representation is obviously really important for a community that one of our defining issues is invisibility. So I see what we do is basically providing a lot of different kinds of representation to remind bi-plus people that there's no one way they can or should be. Awesome. 
Cool. Um, oh, I also have uh, Remy Cooper from the Latrobe Queer Union here, if you wanted to say hello. Hi. Hi, Remy. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it's, I, I really enjoyed being able to be there on Tuesday. It was a really fantastic Pride Day. I had a great time. Yeah, it was great having you there. I think it, like a lot of people appreciated having sort of a store there for bi people and being able to connect with that community. Yeah, we gave out a lot of badges. It was great. Yeah, we have a lot of bi people at Latrobe. I love it. <laughs> We're everywhere. <laughs> cool. Um, so you, you're also, if, if I'm correct, the president of the Melbourne Bisexual Network? Yeah, that's right. So yep. what, that actually came yeah. about because of the radio show. Oh, okay. So um, Melbourne Bisexual Network, we, we incorporated, I think, in July 2017, and we launched in January last year. And that was uh, Anthony, who's my co-host, Mutual Bypass, and myself, because until we started doing a radio show, neither of us had really spent that much time like discussing bisexuality specifically and the history of it and, and the lived experiences of it and what it meant to us. And I think that's a pretty common experience I've had with both bi and pan and multi-gender attracted folk is that it's never really seen as a, a vital part of yourself and it's quite dismissed. So we tend to dismiss it in ourselves as well. And but it was when we were putting together an interview to speak with Julia Taylor, who's an academic based in Tasmania, who in 2017 was doing this massive study called uh, Who I Am, which was around the mental health experiences of bi and pansexual people, to look at why um, the health, the mental health like outcomes for BIPOC people were continuously showing up as quite a very high risk of having negative mental health outcomes and diagnoses, more so, in fact, than gay and lesbian people. And I think it wasn't until we started to research for this um, this interview that we'd realised that. And so after that, we we both decided that we wanted to see to do something about that, particularly from the mental health area. So Emigan was founded as a lot of people with mental health professional backgrounds to create, like, a professional network to start building, like, to start developing strategies to really improve the well-being and mental health outcomes for the bypass community of Melbourne and Greater Victoria. And we decided we were going to do that through education, so like, you know, speaking at conferences, providing research and training, so going into particularly with therapeutic settings and just kind of helping improve language and inclusion, and also through building community resilience. So um, that was kind of our our three main points of, of delivery that we really wanted to be able to start in seeing an increase in awareness of the, the needs of the bypass community and to see some improvement around some of the statistics that are coming out that have actually continued to come out even just recently that really do show that the bypass community does need to be a priority group in a lot of areas and you know today's trans day of visibility and I think it's important to also recognize that you know in the latest study that came out the trans pathway study in Australia like almost half of the trans and gender diverse community identifies as bi and pansexual. So, mm. you know, the B has always been with the T and I think that's kind of been a big part of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I completely, completely agree, agree with that. Like, I definitely think there's uh, definitely a need to, um, like, raise more awareness of, um, of bisexuality. Um, it's important to me because I'm bisexual mm. myself. And, yeah, so, um, yeah, so it's fair to say that you have a dedication to helping other bisexual folks um so i'm a member yeah. like i'm a member of the uh the, the bi community of melbourne group on facebook um that sort of helps other bisexual people um connect with each other i was actually introduced um to it by my partner iggy J. 
Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it was it was just at a really um, really rough time, like sort of like with you know feeling like about my sexuality, about my gender. So like, what's been getting me through are the Facebook groups, like being yeah. connected, yeah, being connected with other queer people, and um, that in particular was really important. So. Um, yeah, so the the idea of it, like it helping you know helping other bisexual people connect with each other is this something that's definitely yeah. important to you? And how do you encourage this? Oh, it's 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 everything. I think at the end of the day, um, I got the idea for setting up a Facebook group for Melbourne because um, I've been introduced to the bisexual plus community of Perth Facebook group that sort of by Misty Farquhar, who's another bi advocate in Perth, mm. and. It was, yeah, it was this really big revelation to actually just see all these people talking about bisexuality and, and all these questions about it and all these statements about it and the, you know, frustrations, but also celebration as well. And I kind of realized that's what had been missing, I feel, for a lot of my life was that celebrating my identity had never really been even something that had occurred to me. Like, it was not something to celebrate. And so... It was something that you lived with and you tolerated it at best, accepted that maybe that was about as far as you really went on that journey. Of, yeah. of, um, and so I set up the Facebook group because through talking with Anthony, it became really apparent that there are so many of us, but also because no one looks or we don't have an idea of what a bisexual person looks like because we still tend to code sexualities in a very kind of monosexual way and often because we base it on somebody's you know, partner and on who they're dating and what circles they move in. And so I would often, when I've spoken, have people say they've never met another bisexual person before, and I was always thinking, you almost definitely have. Just how do we mention it? You know, you, you can't just casually drop that into conversation mm. um, unless you're wearing a badge. That's why I started to make so many badges. Um, but I guess, like, I saw it as that realisation that we were all feeling really uh, isolated and that a lot of the mental health work that had been done was really pinpointing social isolation and like that kind of imposter syndrome and social anxiety that imposter syndrome can lead to being a big uh, driver for our mental health outcomes. So by having a Facebook group that I was really trying, I was really trying to build a place that would encourage, you know, conversation and knowledge building and just even just curiosity with people around this part of their identity that maybe they haven't really thought of as needing that much attention or care before just to let people see that it, being bi-plus is actually a really cool thing. And, there's, and there are frustration things. And no, you're not being sensitive. People can be really crap about it. Uh, I think that was as well to kind of remind people that so often I think when no one really talks about biphobia in the greater community, in the LGBTIQA plus community, when it's really not seen as a priority, we all tend to dismiss it and our own experiences of it as just being an individual-based thing. And so having a group of people around you who are all confirming and validating your experiences can make it a lot easier to build up that sense of resilience in our own identity, which makes it a lot easier to start speaking out when people maybe often through ignorance have dismissed it or erased bisexual people and pansexual people. So I think that was where I was leaning from with that. And I also, like, I run monthly picnics and, and social events and seeing those happen as well and people just feel... Like they have got a community they can go to where they can bring their partner, no matter what gender their partner is, and where they can start to learn about our history and learn about our own, how we've self-identified for a really long time has been, has encouraged me to keep moving in that direction, absolutely. I wouldn't keep doing it if I didn't think it was having some benefit. And I'd say like the group's now reached over 800 people. So I'm feeling pretty positive around how that's going. Yeah, and I think personally, like when I sort of realised that I was a non-binary and trans, then like 
feeling like identifying as bi sort of became harder for me so like having the like bi network was very important to me because I could see like oh I can still be like non-binary and be bisexual and like identify as that and people will accept me absolutely I think the idea that bisexual identities are really stuck in binary Mm. genders is one that really to me has come about just because of a lack of access to, like, you know, how BIPOC people have been defining ourselves in our communities for a long time. And I didn't know any of this until very recently either. And it was, again, being on a radio show that was specifically about bisexuality that I had a reason to go and find things like that. There used to be a bisexual magazine for 13 years that was called Anything That Moves, which is an incredible name for a bi magazine. (laughs) And uh, in the first edition, there'd been a whole manifesto in 1990 that was outlining the issues that the bisexual community was facing in terms of erasure, in terms of people assuming that they had to be, like, that they were promiscuous or that they couldn't Mm. be satisfied by being with a single-gendered person, but also, like, was very clearly saying, don't assume there are only two genders Mm. anyway. And once I kind of understood what bi advocates have been talking about for a long time, it became really clear that so many of these ideas of, oh, bi is binary, has really just come from the fact that in a lot of the spaces that LGBTIQA plus people move to when they start to identify themselves, there's no one in those spaces talking about bisexuality. Mm. So tend to hear the way that we're defined by other people. And those, and those definitions we internalise and we don't hear anything different. And so that can kind of become what we form our parts about. And like, I'm a, like, I also am non-binary and it's being bisexual and looking into that part of myself that actually let me realize and start to think about what gender actually meant to me and what my gender was and what I was actually happy about and what I was doing because I felt it was like, you know, the path of least resistance in a lot of ways. Mm. Wow. Um, So I was going to ask about uh, some of the challenges involved in raising bisexual awareness, but I think that's covered it absolutely beautifully. I could could add a little bit if you don't mind. Well, yeah, go, go right ahead. Can you tell I do? Can you tell this is an area of interest in me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I think one of the greatest challenges that comes with raising awareness and for bi plus people is the fact that our own communities and our own people tend to have a lot of barriers that preventing them from really seeing bisexuality and pansexuality as to be identities that are actually worth fighting for. And I think a lot of us do a lot of work in the communities, but don't necessarily centre around advocating particularly for bisexuality and the bi-plus community. So as I mentioned before, that there's a lot of kind of dismissal uh, from people. Like coming out as bi, often like the best we kind of get is, okay, I don't care. Um, and that kind of like people think that's a great thing, but it also just means there's nothing there. It's like it's, it's a nothing. It's not something that is worth your time. And so I think... I really have understood recently we all have a lot of internalized biphobia and much like we all, you know, heteronormativity is a big problem. So is being monosexual. That's a really normative idea. And so to really start to dig deep and address our own carried issues with stereotypes of bisexual people and that we all carry in ourselves and all those senses, it involves seeing that part of yourself as something that is worth investigating. And for that, you have to overcome a lot of internalized apathy about that part of your identity Mm. Um, and, you know, and realize that acceptance and tolerance are not the end of the journey. They're actually just the middle. The end is celebration. 
And I had no idea how to celebrate being bisexual or that I didn't, or that I wasn't celebrating it or that I could celebrate it until I was with other bisexual people who made me feel proud of who I was because they were being proud of who they were. And so on one hand, in our inner communities, we have to work on that. We have to work on getting people to the point where they start to want to celebrate themselves and to celebrate this part of themselves. And then on the, and not just focus on how, you know, not just like uh, define ourselves by our suffering. And then on the other hand, when it comes to the broader LGBTIQA plus community, we have to really draw attention to the pretty significant outcomes for bi plus people that need to be addressed. And, you know, a bit of a content warning here for mental health and, and suicidality, but studies from the United States, from the UK, from Australia, from other European countries, from other Asian countries have shown that bi plus people have some of the worst outcomes, not just for mental health, but for poverty, for homelessness, for um, for like you know, for um, for uh, drug use, for every for basically for everything. And a, a study in Australia found that we are more likely to be recurringly homeless. We're more likely to drop out of further education. Uh, the Who I Am study that they've decided to release papers on that. Our rates of attempt like of considering and contemplating suicide it's almost eighty percent of us. And that's like, you know, that's a, that's a huge number compared to the general population, which is about 13%. So we're looking at like 78% of us and the rest of the community still, I don't think, takes our issues seriously because there aren't that many of us arguing for them. And so it's kind of trying to balance those two things because, of course, there's more than one because we're all bi. But um, <laughs> it's trying to balance building up our sense of pride while also drawing a lot of attention to the need for people to care enough to learn about us and to try and unpack their own biphobia. And it can be hard to find ways to motivate people to do that when, again, they might not think they know any bisexual people. They might have really internalised this idea that we have a lot of privileges that they don't, which just doesn't stack up when you look at all of these, all of these decades of research that have shown over and over again that we are actually worse off in a lot of ways. Wow. Um, sorry, I'm just, uh, yeah, really, really blown away by that. That was, an, um, that was amazing. Um, yeah, just so much, so much passion there. I, mm. I completely can completely relate to that, like every single word that you've said. I'm really glad. It's, I think that for a lot of people, it's one of those areas that we didn't really know was missing until you kind of start to hear about it and investigate into it. And yeah, I think really what I've seen myself, be, like my role in the radio's role with doing and what you guys are doing as well and all the stuff that you're doing, so you people, is it's like planting up like a lamppost and saying you can come this way. Mm, like yeah. it's like a, you know, like being one of those tourist organizers with a little flag saying, everyone, if you want, come over here, let's talk about some stuff. And if you build it, they'll come. And that's, mm. I think, the massive, you know, we see the outpouring of people who are interested in these services and these Facebook groups. And I think that also shows that our needs aren't being met by the existing LGBTIQA plus services. Um, but yeah, I, I think as we kind of learn those things and start to feel, oh no, so I'm not, I haven't just been too sensitive. I haven't been over responding to things or these things are r real and legitimate and are causing me distress. And I, and I have the right and I've got people behind me to back me up if I decide to go forward and start talking about them. Awesome. Um, so yeah, just to, um, just to finish up, um, where on social media can we find you? And I guess like how to, you know, how to, how to join, um, the, the bi community of Melbourne group. And if you've got any events to promote, we'd, we'd love to promote them here. Oh, well, um, so yeah, so the Facebook group is called the bi plus community of Melbourne. Uh, 
there is like a free questions that we'll ask you when you want to join because we just do that to kind of uh, create a bit of a catch net for uh, unicorn hunters. Um, so people who <laughs> do really still over-sexualize bisexual identities uh, and tend yes. to do see those pages as... Um, as like hookup joint, mm. which is yep. like, that's fine. You can do you just like, that's not the main purpose of the page. Mm. Um, and you can find triple bypass on Facebook and Instagram at triple bypass joy on Instagram and triple bypass on Facebook. And as far as events, um, I post up pretty, I just like haphazardly organize things every month or so, but there will be an event for us international celebrate bisexuality day in September that we're, uh, mem- MBN, uh, Melbourne Bisexual Network, is doing that with the Shout Youth Choir. So we actually did manage to get a grant to put on a nice event for the community, which will be like a day of discussions and panels and then a showcase of bypass artists in the evening. And, um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at keptonice and on Twitter at ruby29 because B and I are the second and ninth letter in the alphabet (laughs) and no one (laughs) (laughs) realises. And, um, and yeah, I, I think if it's an area of yourself that you're interested in, all of our uh, episodes of our radio show are, are available as podcasts on Spotify and on iTunes and on Android podcasts. And uh, we're, we're always happy to get emails from attributebypass at joy.org.au because I think it's the responses that we get from people that make us understand just how important it is for, for bypass people to hear people like them that they can relate to and hear from and feel connected with. And I think what you're what you're doing with uh, 3CR is is in that same area, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Awesome, uh, that that means a lot. It means an absolute lot to me. Um, thank you so much, Ruby, for for talking to us today. You uh, you've been absolutely um, inspiring, and you do some inspiring work. So definitely keep it up. Oh, thank you. I definitely have no intention of stopping anytime soon. Thanks so much, Frank and Remy. <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right. So uh, stay tuned because after this break, we'll be talking to uh, Remy, who we've all been uh, getting acquainted (laughs) with. So uh, don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Cool. So our next guest plays a big part in helping queer folks out at La Trobe University. They help run the La Trobe Student Union Queer Department where various events and talks are run and different services are provided. So um, we've already um, heard them on, on this show, but uh, uh, re-welcome them again. Uh, re- there. Re-welcome Remy on Crew in the Air. Remy, how's it going? It's going well. How are you going? Yeah, good, good. Um, we're getting there. We're <laughs> pushing through. So, we're perfect. Uh, Professionals. Oh yes. <laughs> so, uh, so Remy, uh, tell us a bit about yourself and the things that you do. Um, so I'm Remy. I use they them. I identify as bisexual, pansexual, and non-binary. And someone the other day asked me how I could identify as bisexual and pansexual. I was like, that's just how I feel comfortable. <laughs> There's no rules to queerness, so screw it. <laughs> Cool. So, um, yeah, what, what sort of things do you do as part of the LTSU queer department? Um, probably the main thing is, like, hosting events. Um, we just had a Pride Festival last Tuesday, so I helped run that with, like, student well-being. And I think it went pretty well. Um, yeah, and I guess social support is probably the other thing. Um, and we have, like, a little queer lounge on campus, so I sort of try to make that space more comfortable like I started just putting in like free packs of noodles and stuff just trying to think of like Mm. and we started like having a little queer library which your comics are in by the way (laughs) cool (laughs) Um, yeah so just like little things to try to make the queer community at uni a little better 
Yeah, that, that's that's awesome. Particularly with the with the noodle, that's like really really thoughtful. That's just such, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, just amazing. Um, yeah. So, um, what what sort of events do you do you hold at the queer union? Um, so most of them are like sort of social things. Um, last year we had quite a lot of like drinking events and so this year I was like you know we should cut down on those because there's so much drinking in queer events so we've been sort of focusing on like board game stuff and like Mm. indoor picnics um and I'm trying to sort of start up having talks by like queer authors and spokespeople and stuff yeah awesome so um yeah has like have have there been any like interesting uh queer people talking as, as part of these events? Well, we've got one on Monday coming up by Nevo Zizin, and that's oh, our cool. first one. Yeah. For, it was originally to mark Trans Day Visibility, but now we've expanded that to being a whole week. Um, yeah, so, and I think we'll try to book Ruby Susan, who we just had from, mm. like, in for maybe a month or two from now. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, um, I'm like I haven't I haven't read any of Nevo's work, but I am familiar with them, and um, mm. especially with with finding uh, Nevo, which is um, yeah, has has had such a great response, which um, which yeah. is awesome. You know, it's always great to see you know, like you know, other you know queer people, but also non-binary mm. authors. Like yeah, supporting non-binary authors in particular is really really important to me. Um, we definitely have to support each other. Yeah. Um, so you've already mentioned like some of the services that the queer department provides, but mm. like if there are so so if there are queer students that like may be feeling down or are in sort of, I guess in any kind of like hardship, um, what services can you provide in response to this? Um, well, the uni has like a, a queer specific counselor, so the like we've got all of our, the counselors there. I think go through ally training, but we've got one that's like identifies as queer. Um, and has, like, a lot of friends and family who are, like, queer. So, Mm. and I think that sort of really helps. Like, I felt more comfortable coming to them about, like, non-binary issues and, like, stuff about my queerness and even, like, polyamory because, like, that had never been something that I discussed with a counsellor before because I was always worried that they'd judge me. And so, like, talking to someone who's queer and, like, has lived experiences in that has helped a lot. Um, And we also have Queer Chat, which is run by uh, Student Wellbeing and is facilitated by James and Sav. Um, and that's sort of like an, it happens every Wednesday, 1 to 2 p.m. And it's like a sort of support group that's sort of run by students. And the queer counsellor sits in on it, but it's mostly run by like the students. Um, and we get like a discussion topic to talk about. And that personally has helped a lot and like has helped me sort of discuss stuff about like going on testosterone and like what a binder would feel like Mm. and stuff that I would have no one to talk about with like outside of that um and like I've changed my name to Remy in that space and sort of changed my pronouns in it and it's just sort of been like a really comfortable space to sort of explore stuff and people have like changed their name and then changed to a different name and like tried out you know say like he him pronouns and then decided that she her fit them better so like there's I think it's important that there's room to sort of change back from trying out things and that there's no shame in that Mm. yeah absolutely um yeah like it's um I was actually reading something um on Facebook today and it was sort of about the idea of like I dread to I dread to bring it up just the idea of like you know 
quote unquote trans trenders like yeah the, the idea that you know like they're just sort of like you know like oh they're not really trans blah 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 um but you know but it was sort of reading something about like the idea of that it's okay to explore your identity yeah and at the end of the day if you do feel like well no i'm i guess i guess i'm not non-binary i'm mm. i'm this or you know maybe i am non-binary you know it's okay to play around with your identity like, yeah it's completely valid to do so so yeah yeah and, yeah, and personally like i had such fears about sort of calling myself trans and I still mm. do because yeah. I'm like oh but it doesn't necessarily mean that I want to look fully like a man but I don't want people to assume that and then sort of like have backlash if I'm like oh but now I'm wearing a skirt mm. so it's yeah like it's just gross that there's so much of that discourse in trans narratives and stuff and trans discussions yeah, definitely yeah yeah I, I completely agree if you on um like like feeling like I, I I don't have the right to call myself, you know, trans or, yeah. or non-binary, even though even though we do. And I think I think yeah. every, I think we all have this same fear, like those of us who identify as non-binary. Mm. Like it's definitely a very common fear. So, um, if so, if if anyone's listening who fits this description, uh, you're definitely not alone. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, has this given you many opportunities to meet other queer people and connect with them? And I I guess it's fair to say that the department is a safe space. Yeah, I hope it is. Um, I try to make it as safe a space as possible. Um, yeah, and it's sort of, like, given me a whole... Like, before I, like, got involved with the queer, queer department, I didn't really have friends at uni. I would just sort of go to my lectures and go to my tutes. And, like, I'd have people I'd talk to in the class, but I'm so bad at, like, bec like becoming actual friends with classmates. Um, so I think, yeah, like, just having a big support network has been so helpful and like I'm trying to you know like bring other people new people into that mm. and sort of so they have their own little group and everything and trying to yeah trying to navigate it to not be clicky is hard mm. but yeah yeah I can I can I can definitely understand that um cool um I guess um I mean, it's, it does sound like it's a lot of hard work. Um, what have been, like, the sort of the challenges with the with running and helping out with the with the queer department? Um, I think to an extent sort of, like, dealing with the outer uni of it mm. sort of thing. Like, I think there's a big disconnect between, um, like, people in universities who, like, like, are staff and stuff like that and see the programs that they run but don't actually see the students and how they're, they've been impacted by programs and stuff. And mm. I think that they get sort of a bit too like, oh, we're doing, we're like a great university for queer people because we have like a queer council or mm. something, but they don't really notice like how individual lecturers treat like queer students or like how, like say for example, like in like science sort of subjects that they're still very binary and stuff like that. Um, and even small things like, I think that like more, there should be more encouragement of like doing pronoun rounds mm. when people have like their first shoot and sort of introducing that. So then like a trans or gender diverse person doesn't need to sort of out themselves in doing yeah. it. Like just normalizing stuff like that, I think would be very helpful. Mm. Yeah, yeah, abs absolutely. Um, yeah, like I think, yeah, it kind of reminds me of when I was on... Um, when I was on Twitter, um, seems like forever, a long time ago. Um, but, um, you know, I obviously had my pronouns in my mm. Twitter profile. And I think, like, what I liked was, like, also, like, um, just, like, 
cisgender people also putting their pronouns yeah in there. that actually did help a lot in you know sort of normalizing the whole whole thing with using you know using pronouns Partic- but um, particularly because at the time i was using neo pronouns i was mm. using like zem slash zia slash what was the other thing i forget yeah. i think so yeah um which i've stopped using um just because i didn't feel like they were right for me but mm. um yeah so you know I, I definitely think like helping people like you know be familiar with like different pronouns that yeah. are out there and you yeah know, um, and, it, and i think stuff like just like asking everyone their pronouns because i think there's too much of a like oh this person looks trans or looks queer mm. so then i should ask them whereas it should just be you ask everyone yeah absolutely yeah it's what it's what we've done here at the, the mm. show like whether they're whether they're trans or they're, they're cisgender yeah. i always ask for pronouns so, yeah because you yeah. can never really assume even yeah, if someone absolutely. looks a certain way that doesn't mean that their pronouns are going to be a certain thing yeah 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 ab- yeah definitely um so, um, I'm totally not biased here, but do you get to showcase a lot of queer art and books in your queer department? <laughs> yeah, like, I, like, especially with the queer library, like, there's so many, so, like, lately there's so much good queer literature or, like, queer art and stuff, and that just queer people don't have the money to sort of, like, experience all of it. And, mm. like, like, we have the Latrobe Library, but that's sort of more like outdated and specific to like discourse stuff rather than mm. like you know comics or you know that sort of thing so i think yeah i'm trying to promote that more and hopefully like yeah getting more writers and spokespeople and artists and stuff to do talks and mm. share their experiences yeah yeah it's what yeah it's i'm um, definitely definitely good to um you know uh, like there's so many like particularly what I do here just with the, the like interviewing like different like queer zine mm. artists and comic makers because there's like so many of them yeah. out there and um, you know particularly ones that don't get a lot of like mainstream um, yeah. mainstream support like there are like a number of upcoming um, like queer authors and non-binary authors who mm. have the mainstream support which is great like I yeah. think that's really important um, yeah. but it's also good to sort of give a leg up to some of the more, more yeah. art, you know zine artists that may be you know a little bit more underground yeah and you yeah. never know like what so like what person's work will resonate with people you know mm, yeah absolutely yeah definitely um so uh so i guess what's in store for the future of the ltsu queer department do you have any and do you have any upcoming events to promote um well next week we've got the um trans and gender diverse celebration week because since tdlv fall, fell on a sunday and i didn't want to have to make people go and come into uni on a sunday and yeah, like I organized the Neville's is in talk for Monday, which is also open to like all everyone. So mm. like you don't have to be a literal student to go to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the whole of next week, we have an event on every day that's trans and gender diverse focus. So like on Tuesday, we have like a close swap where like I'll bring in some binders to sort of show people like how to use them and like some information stuff about them. Um, and then on Wednesday, Queer Chat's going to have like a trans and gender diverse focused discussion topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Thursday, we've got like a movie night with some trans documentaries. One is going to be like um, about like binary trans people and one is going to be about non-binary trans people because I wanted to make sure that there's representation of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Friday, we've got like a media club sort of thing that we've started running. So it'll be like specifically discussing trans act of like authors or actors or like characters that have like resonated with people or helped mm. people on their like trans journey 
that sort of thing. Yeah, so it should be a good week, I hope. And then I can finally rest. <laughs> awesome. That sounds so good. Yeah, it does sound like there's a lot of really great events. So if, if you're listening, do come along. They sound really good. Yeah. Uh, so just to finish up, um, where on social media can we find you? And also like the, the queer department, mm. if we want to keep up with events. Um, so the queer department has like a Facebook page that's LTSU queer department um, where I sort of share things that I think should be public. But then we have a private Facebook group, which is the Trobe queer department. That's like secret. And no one can see what's posted in there unless they're in the group sort mm. of thing because we don't want to out people. So yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, like there's like some separation between the two because like we don't want, you know, to put queer people's safety at risk or out them or what, what have you. Um, yeah, so that's the best place. And then I'm on Facebook as well. And you can like message me if you want to talk or anything or need help with stuff. So I'm Remy Hooper on that. Um, and then on Twitter and Instagram and everything, I'm Doctragon, which cool. is going to be very hard to probably <laughs> for people to spell. But yeah, Remy Hooper was probably the easiest thing. Yeah. Awesome. Um, thank, thank you so much, Remy, for being on the show. It's Thanks been an absolute me. blast. Um, it's just been a really great show in general. I feel really inspired. Yeah, it's been such inspired. a good show. Yeah, yeah, such a good TDLV show as well. So much non-binary rap. I love it. Yeah, uh, it's so good. <laughs> Oh, bless. Cool. <laughs> All right. So we will be finishing up the show, but before we go, we'll have some news and upcoming events to promote. So don't go anywhere just yet. We'll be right back after some prints. So let's go crazy. So you're listening to Crew in the Air at FreeCR 855 AM, and we've got some events to promote to finish up this great show. So, on Saturday the 13th of April at 6pm, the Rise Queer Project fundraiser dinner will be happening at the Arrow on Swanson in the city. The funds raised through this event will help address issues concerning queer refugees and addressing racism, sexism, homophobia and transphobia, as well as border imperialism. So, the venue is wheelchair accessible and there will be gender neutral facilities available. And also, I'm um, just reading off here, Rise is also looking for an Auslan interpreter who is a queer person of colour. So if you fit that description, uh, definitely message Rise refugees, survivors and ex-detainees on Facebook. There will also be an auction at the dinner. So if you want to donate items to this, email the Rise Queer Project uh, coordinator at queer at riserefugee.org. Tickets are $20 and you can find more info on Facebook. So if you're able to, do come along. It looks like it'll be a good night. Um, if you're looking to have a good workout session with some other queer folks, uh, Unicorns has you covered. So they're running a fitness event on Monday the 22nd of April from 6pm to 7pm at All Nations Park on Dennis Street at Northcote. Uh, there will be some cool disco tunes to work out to and it is absolutely free. And it looks like it's going to be a fun event so be sure to sign up on the Unicorns Facebook page. And for all inquiries, contact Delcy at info at adelmoletta.com there's also a whole heap of dating and other meetups that unicorns do i haven't been to any myself but one day i will so yeah be sure to check those out too so sadly we have come to the end of another show you can find previous episodes of crew in the air on the free cr website 
That is freecr.org.au. And like and follow us on Facebook for more updates. And while you're at it, subscribe to FreeCR. You can come into the studio doing office hours. Uh, do it by post, by phone, or online at the FreeCR website. It's $35 concession and $75 wage. So do yourself a favor and support community radio. So stay tuned for Hip Sister Hop, which shall be broadcasting in a few minutes. But in the meantime, here's some music to play us out. See you later. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.